0: Escucha, Listen, aprende learn, y emprende.
2: Launch. Bienvenidos al episodio 120 de Latino Founder Hour. Los saluda su anfitrión Edgar Navas, fundador de Clica Digital, y hoy viernes 17 de julio. Ya estamos en julio, ¿no? La mitad de julio del 2020. Eh, tenemos un invitado de regreso de nuestro episodio 40, eh, Andrés García Maya, desde Nueva York, fundador de Sufen. ¿Cómo, ¿Cómo estás, Andrés? Buenas, buenos días, tardes para buenos, ti.
1: Buenos días, Edgar. ¿Cómo va todo?
2: Pues aquí confinados todavía en, en casa, <risa> pero, pero ya parece que mejor, ¿no?
1: Uh-huh. Sí, lo mismo acá.
2: Lo mismo. Que, tal, 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 este. Ahora, ahora nos toca hacernos así por, este, por Zoom. Eh, la Ajá. gente que nos está escuchando, finalmente nos podemos conocer cara a cara, aunque sea por, por este medio. Ajá. Y pues, como te digo, me gusta, me da gusto saludarte, recibirte otra vez. Gracias por, por la invitación. Sabemos que estás súper ocupado. Um, pero pues bueno, nada más para la gente que no ha escuchado el episodio 40, que los invitamos a, a que te conozcan más. Dando un, un, un pequeño sumario de, de quién eres y de dónde vienes. ¿no?
1: Sí, claro. Eh, entonces, eh, crecí primero. Eh, o sea, mi vida comienza en, en Colombia, antes de venir a los Estados Unidos. Eh, crecí en un pueblo a las afueras de Bogotá que se llama Cajicá. Era una, una finca. Okay. Y, viví, y ahí crecí con mis dos hermanos y, y, y mis papás. Y una vida súper tranquila en el sentido de, o sea, eh, potrero, vacas, corriendo todos los días afuera. Uh, de ahí nuestra vida cambió totalmente como se dice 180 degree turn con, con mi familia eh, porque mi papá eh, cuando yo tenía como 12 años eh, él era profesor de, de universidad y el mundo del gobierno lo, lo, lo cogió y dijo you're an expert in what we need y lo nombraron uh, embajador en los Estados Unidos para la UN oh, wow Imagínense el cambio de, de, de una finca en un pueblo en Cajicá a, a Nueva York, a New York City, uh, y, a, y a vi, pasarnos a vivir a a Scarsdale, New York, que es uno de los uno de los pueblos con unos mejores you know, public schools en 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 the country. Entonces, claro, una un cambio buenísimo, pero al mismo tiempo un cambio gigante. Para, Super radical, para ¿no? Exacto, exacto. Y nuestro inglés pues no era muy bueno y imagínese entrar a seven middle of seventh grade into Scarsdale uh, um, public schools. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> con, con yeah, yeah. So it was a drastic move, pero al mismo tiempo, um, a huge privilege, right? Uh, o sea, eh, de, de llegar a esa edad, pues cogí el inglés muy rápido y tuve la oportunidad de, de ir a high school, uno, uno de los mejores high schools en el país y me abrió, me abrió los ojos, o sea, big time on, on how to how to study, which is uh, uh, what I've learned is, you know, a lot of school is how to study. Yes, yes, yes. So, from there, I went to the university, I went to Villanova, and I started my career in the finance How I got into it is pretty funny because I had, I didn't have any idea that it was Wall Street, I didn't have any idea that it no por eh, uh, was finance. And even in the university, I todavía didn't know anything about it. So, for example, in my family, my mother was a business owner. Tuvo muchos negocios cuando era uh, chiquito, pero nada por el lado de you know, De finanzas. Era un, un negocio uh-huh. de flores, muy o sea, like, diferente. Y por el lado de mi papá, eran todos académicos o abogados, right? So I had no, no, no concept of what Wall Street was. Pero una vez, de pura suerte, vine con un amigo de la universidad a, a, a la ciudad, a, a New York City, y él me dijo: Espere que tenga que parar a saludar a mi papá en el trabajo, entonces fuimos a, a visitarlo, y era un trading floor, en Wall Street, ¿sí? Donde, ok, donde, sí, sí, eh, sí. Wow. yo entré, y yo miré, yo dije, what the heck is this? O sea, like, <laughs> la gente estaba gritando como locos en el teléfono, eh, mirando los mercados, televisiones, you know, mirando los mercados, y yo, era, o sea, para alguien de 18, 19 años, I'm like, holy, like, this is amazing, like, what, is, I want this, you know? Sí, sí, sí. Uh, Entonces ahí me, ese, ese ese viaje de 10 minutos a la oficina del papá de, de mi amigo me cambió la vida porque yo dije, ok, ¿qué tengo que hacer para yo llegar a, a poder hacer esto? Entonces me cambié de mayor uh, para finanzas y me empujé, to, o sea, le metí todo a tratar de, you know, catch up on, on how is it that you get into Wall Street. Uh, I ended up getting to Morgan Stanley. Um, would be un trader, an institutional trader uh, sí. in their Uh, Equity desk uh, at that time, and I still think it's the number one equity desk in the world uh, for what they do, for for, for trading. Uh, Tuve unos años ahí, y fui a business school, fui a Wharton, uh, a coger my MBA, y y eso me trae a donde estoy ahora, que después de Wharton, trabajé en JP Morgan por unos años, y de ahí salí a comenzar mi compañía, eh, que se llama Zoe Financial, que ya estamos en nuestro, uh, it's crazy, we're four years in, into our journey. Uh, and you know, I'm happy to give you more, more color. In, sí, in, in jelly, sí, sí. Oye, pero,
2: pero una, una pregunta rápida, antes. De que, perdón claro, que te interrumpa, yeah, yeah. Este, en, en esta este, uh, cuestión cuando estabas en Morgan Stanley, me imagino que eran early 2000s, ¿no? En los principios, yes. ¿No, no, ¿no estuviste sí. ahí en las Torres Gemelas?
1: No, yo estaba en Midtown, yo estaba en Broadway oh, okay. en 48, eh, y yo comencé en el 2004, so eh, oh, ya, ya había Ya, ya ya había pasado. Los años que tuve yo en, en Morgan Stanley fueron como los los go go years de antes del 2007. Uh-huh. Eh, entonces estuve cu- 2004, 5, 6, 7 como go go years, o sea, locura. Sí, uh, sí, sí,
2: antes del meltdown, y, ¿no?
1: Y luego tuve todo el meltdown, o sea, yo estuve en el Uf. en el number 1 trading floor del mundo de, 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 de para stocks, para para acciones. Cuando el mundo se
2: cuando el mundo se se cayó. empezó a colapsar todo wow
1: exacto exacto entonces fue una experiencia pues very stressful pero al mismo tiempo una una experiencia muy valiosa en el sentido de de entender cómo de verdad los mercados pueden cambiar muy rápidamente.
2: Claro. Y, por ejemplo, para ti, ¿cuál fue la experiencia de ver ese Lehman Brothers, una institución pilar de Wall Street, ver cómo se cerró y, y, y la gente saliendo con sus cajas? Este, sí, no, eh,
1: para, para mí me cambió totalmente la percepción de, eh, de qué puede pasar. O sea, en, en el sentido antes de uh-huh. eso, Yo, hasta cuando había mercados que bajaban 10% o algo así, uno, uno miraba como a sus jefes y ellos decían, tranquilo, fresco, esto pasa, ¿sí? Uh-huh. Pero yo me acuerdo cuando Lehman cerró y todos nosotros estábamos como mirando, a, a porque yo tenía 23, 24, 25 años, yo mirando como a mis jefes y, y ellos mirando a nosotros como diciendo, yo no sé wow. qué toca hacer, o sea, like, o sea Porque los mirábamos como diciendo, ok, entonces, pero vamos a estar bien. Y, y hasta los de 40, 50 años nos miraban como diciendo, yo voy a llamar a mi esposa. Like, yo no tengo ni idea qué qué, qué quiere decir esto. Like, so era una experiencia como que me cambió la vida en el sentido de entender que nada, you can't take anything for granted. Right? Like, eh, eh, que siempre hay, the risk is what you can predict. ¿sí? Y, y este es un ejemplo de que algo que no se podía. O sea, riesgo era algo que totalmente nadie se imaginaba, uh-huh. pero pasó.
2: No, totalmente, ¿no? O sea, o sea, qué experiencia el poder haber estado ahí en, en, en front row, ¿no? en primera fila. Ajá. Uh-huh. Y, uh-huh. y, y que te haya tocado ver. Y, y bueno, eh, la gente que no te conoce, simplemente basta, los invito a googlear el nombre de Andrés García Maya para que vean dónde has estado, CNBC, Bloomberg. Eh, uh-huh. en, en todos estos noticieros financieros en algún momento y con, con tan poca edad estabas ahí en el frente no estabas con, con, con básicamente en, en la televisión ya yeah. no internacional
1: ya yeah, tengo una, una buena historia historia de esa la primera vez que lo hice porque uh, entonces después de graduarme de, de business school de de, de Wharton, eh, fui a trabajar en jp morgan y comencé por el lado más de research eh, quería hacer algo más como Más quanti- uh, quantitative, uh, mm-hmm. más uh, deep research, en cambio de como de... Ya estaba como cansado de day-to-day trading, quería algo más como, más uh, research driven. Pero apenas llegué a J.P. Morgan, eh, me, el, el, mi jefe hacía eh, mucha televisión. Era como un, un, a very um, important and kind of thought leader within J.P. Morgan, ¿sí? Entonces eh, tenía un, un jefe que pues era como la cara de, de J.P. Morgan, uh, que se llama David Kelly. Y uh-huh. él era el que hacía todos los shows de, de CNBC, Bloomberg O sea, todas las semanas se hacía unos cinco shows sí. Eh, y una vez, yo ya los tenía, llevaba un año en el trabajo Y una vez, él estaba en un viaje de, que estaba en Boston Y el vuelo se le canceló Y luego el siguiente, y luego el siguiente Y me llama, me dice Yo tengo que hacer CNBC en una hora, downtown y ¿Usted tiene corbata hoy? Yo, sí Dijo, ok, entonces usted va a ir yo wow yo just answer the questions sí,
2: sí, sí <laughs> y lo yo, que yeah,
1: entonces yo oh my god entonces me subieron al carro ahí me llevaron a downtown y uh, now i could say this looking back estaba tan uh, nervous que 10 minutos antes de ir a televisión i was in the bathroom throwing up <laughs> Oh wow. ¡Guau! <risa> wow, tanto then, así, ¿eh?
2: Ya,
1: yeah, pues claro, porque eh, no solamente mi jefe iba a mirarlo en, en CNBC, el jefe de mi jefe de mi jefe me mandó un email diciendo, okay, we're watching, we're oh. <laughs> we're watching, we're rooting oh. for you. So uh, luckily the show went great. Y, y de ahí esos, esos momentos en la vida, son los que uno tiene que como mm. capture, you know, sí, es, sí, sí. Como, me, como me fue bien. Eh, Entonces, el jefe de mi jefe de mi jefe dijo, OK, you should do TV going forward. O sea, like, you should ya do está. TV. Sí. Ya, ya. Entonces, después de ahí, empezaron a hacer más y más shows. Y algún punto en JP Morgan, yo estaba haciendo tres shows al, por semana. O sea, CNBC, oh, Bloomberg, sí, 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 CBS Business sí. Nightly Report. Y esa experiencia, eh, lo, que me, lo que me dio fue uh, o sea, una una habilidad de darme cuenta que it's like you see behind the curtains and you're like, actually, this is not, once you do it enough, it's like anything else, right? It's not, um, y para alguien que está escuchando que es latino, que dice, yeah, that's easy for you to say, right? Pero, uh, because I was that, right? I'm like, no sí, way, there's no way que, que yo voy a... but like, the reality is, it's like anything else, right? It's like, once you ride a bike, you know how to ride a bike? Y ya te vas. Um, boom. Y ya, y ya, me voy. O sea, uh, actually, uh, after this, um, after we, we have this podcast in about an hour from when we're done, I'm gonna do power lunch in in CNBC, for example, right? Oh wow! But but now it's it's more of like the way I look at it is like someone asks me questions and I answer them. That's it. Right? There's no. It's <laughs> e, así. No, yeah, it's yeah.
2: Y yeah, yeah, es que a lo mejor es esa forma de verla, Break down the problem, you know, the anxiety. Yeah. Say, I'm going to be on television. No, only question and answer. And yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. It's
1: the way I try to explain it to people is. Digamos, porque, como, as you can imagine, muchos amigos come. in but how do you answer those questions? So usually what I tell them is, okay, what is it that you do, right? And let's say, uh, I don't know, um, I own a bagel store. Okay, imagine if I call you up and I say, hey, how do you, how do you get people to show up to your bagel store? Or um, talk to me about the different recipes of your bagel store, right? Would you have answers for that? It's like, yeah, I would have tons of answers for that i like, well, that's the same thing for me. Like, exact,
2: right exact. Sí, y, y, y si me preguntas algo que no sé, te voy a decir, no sé. Ya, yeah, exacto. Pero, exactly. pe, pero lo puedo investigar, no sé, la próxima vez que. Oye, yeah. no, es, 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 fresquísimo, Andrés. Oye, pero eh, también quiero recalcar que vienes de una familia este bastante, eh, con, como exitosa, ¿no? Exitosa en el mm-hmm. sentido de que es gente fenomenal. De hecho, ya tuvimos a tu hermano Alejandro también por acá en el podcast. Este mm-hmm. aún no hemos contactado a Ricardo. Pero son tres hermanos, incluso ya ya, ya me di cuenta que tienen su propia página web. Son tres hermanos emprendedores en fintech, tecnología, arte, eh, eh, y y sobre todo en en, en lo que es innovación, ¿no? Eh, Los los hermanos garciamaya.com. Y bueno, cuéntanos un poquito. Eh, Han ya entre los tres levantado más de 15 millones de dólares en en inversión, ¿no?
1: Sí, la, la verdad es una de las partes más importantes yo creo que um, de lo que hemos podido hacer es que tenemos el soporte uh, el support of each other right? mm-hmm. uh, como ser ser un latino en en fintech o ser un latino en silicon valley para you know, para mis hermanos eh, it, it's not like there's thousands of us right it's not claro. like there's, there's hundreds of us y entonces para tratar de entrar a, mm. al mundo fue super importante tener el soporte you know, el, el soporte de cada uno de, de, de nosotros Y, y eso de verdad viene por el lado de, de mi mamá. Mi mamá era una uh, an, an entrepreneur in um in, in Colombia. O sea, desde que yo me acuerdo, desde que era un bebé, me acuerdo mi mamá siempre eh, eh, con una compañía, right? It's like the equivalent of what you would say a um a, a a startup founder that um you know that that's had like six businesses and you're like holy exactly. smokes. that that was my mom It's just that they wasn't called a startup and it wasn't Silicon Valley. It was, it was in Columbia, Columbia in the, in the 1990s. <laughs> but really, that's where our love for building came to be, is, is my mom. Uh, you know, She had a number of different businesses, and she just mm-hmm. had this natural ability to cut through it, right? to execute at a level that, uh, as I've gotten older, I learned to appreciate even, <laughs> even more, <laughs> is um, uh, learning to kind of operate in chaos at all times. And somehow making making it happen, right? Just make like forcing it, willing it <laughs> uh, to happen. And because uh, we get this ass all the time, like, how come all three of you have been, you know, successful as building your own business? I'm like, well, since age four, I've seen my mom, you know, from the kitchen table <laughs> build build businesses, right? So we kind of grew up on it, and from that perspective, it's in our it's in our DNA.
2: No, I, I love that. Uh... That phrase, and I just wrote it that operate through chaos. Es yep. eso me gusta. Es, incluso deberían hacer playeras ustedes, ¿no? Unas camisas de... <laughs> García Maya Bros. Through, operating through chaos since, you know, 19.
1: <laughs> established en 1990s. Sí, sí, sí.
2: <laughs> no, e, e, y eso es súper importante porque también para mí, si, si cuando entrevistamos a alguien en el podcast, ¿de, ¿de dónde viene? esa pasión por el emprendimiento hay, hay muchos fundadores que obviamente desde casa otros no otros dicen no mm-hmm. mi, pap- mi padre era uh, profesor y mi madre era doctora entonces no yeah. entonces surge no
1: Yeah, y lo que puedo decir de, de que una de las ventajas ventajas que tienen muchos latinos para para startups see, it, it's something that it's underappreciated because there's just not enough of us is o sea, nosotros no, crecer en los 90, digamos en Colombia um, was very traumatic uh, but also becomes a huge, it's like a superpower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I mean by that is um, it, the, your ability to deal with stress <laughs> uh, as a startup founder, uh, it, it's key, right? Like most of the problems are in your head, but on startup sí. founder. Y que, uh, sorry, we we grew up in a circumstance, obviously we were very, let's put it this way, it but uh Colombian standards is we were privileged, right? We had a farm mm. that already puts us at a huge privilege versus a lot of other people in Colombia. But the safety concerns that we had in the nineties, right? Like oh. I for years I was afraid of going to sleep. Like literally I was like, you know, we had break ins every six months. Uh oh it was a very difficult time. So that obviously uh forms our ability to deal with stress. So yeah. Uh, as adults, um, uh, one of the best advantages a startup ha- a founder could have, and I say this is because someone that might be listening might say, well, my mom didn't do that, right? So how, mm-hmm. am I, you know, I don't, well, if you had um, growing up a lot, of, uh, a lot of stress and you had to figure out things and, and, and deal how to manage that, you already have yes. a superpower, <laughs> right? Because that. being a founder most of the time is you need to absorb all the pain so that your team doesn't have to, and you need to just basically spit it right back to the world and say, "We're gonna win. I don't care. That's fine. We'll deal with it." Uh, and most people that didn't have that kind of pain at some point in their lives is tougher. It doesn't mean they can't do it, but it's a lot tougher, right? And I have a lot of founders that reach out to me, and it's like, "Man, are you stressed?" Because I'm stressed. I'm like, "Yeah, but it's fine, mm-hmm. right?" And they're like, "Really? Are you just saying that?" I'm like, "No, it's fine. Look, I, I'm healthy. My family's healthy. We're safe." Oh, I'm good. <laughs> right? like, yeah, it's, it's having that ability to to frame problems on itself rather than kind of consume you. That I've seen the most successful startup founders have. Right, that's basically like a necessity to be able mm-hmm. to, to to thrive.
2: It, it, and and I'm gonna echo that with you know and follow up with saying like to the ability to process a failure and not yes. being af- afraid to fail. Yeah.
1: Oh, so huge. I mean, I would put it as equal as important as dealing with stress is um, learning how to be totally comfortable with failure. Right. Uh, and I'm not just talking about failure of like the startup not working mm-hmm. just within the startup. When you try things, right. If you're innovating uh, you are going to fail a lot of times, right? Like a, a lot of, a, a lot more times than people will, will, will say <laughs> honestly. Right. And so it's looking at failure more as if you were a scientist running experiments, mm-hmm. rather than uh, as someone that's like, "Oh no, the world will think I'm a failure because this, you know, because this didn't uh, succeed." So, uh, uh, so you bring up a, a very important point that I think is another trait that I have noticed the best startup founders have is the ability to almost kind of laugh off failures, right? Mm-hmm. Like. They, they don't associate themselves with the failures. Um, and, and it's almost like just a process of how you get to win.
2: Parte, parte <laughs> yeah. del aprendimiento is just part of the process. Yeah. The so learning, that's, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the, and I would, uh, I would say, I, I almost as a, as, a, um, as a way to continue to grow my professional career, whenever I feel like something becomes almost too easy or too safe, Mm -hmm. Is usually my radar goes off and saying, then you're not, then you're in the wrong track, basically. Okay. (laughs) You know, and and what I mean by that is um, many times during my career, a lot of people, including mentors, would tell me, well, I don't know if you should do that. I don't know. You know, I don't know if you could do that. Right. Or I don't know if that's a safe path. Usually. I would run towards it. (laughs) Right. And what I mean by that is, uh, this is a comment specifically for Latinos. And I've learned this as I get older, looking back at my career is that there's total, um, implied biases of Mm. mentors, especially if they're not Latino. And in some cases, if they are Latino where they say, uh, I'll give you a perfect example and let me know if I'm going down a rabbit hole that. Yeah. No, 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 no. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, uh, I, I perfect example. So when I was in, uh, at Morgan Stanley, uh, I was, I, I was a top three trader for the whole desk for the all not, I'm not talking about my, you know, six person team. I'm talking about like 300 people in oh, the wow. floor. And, uh, yet, yet when I decided that I wanted to apply to warden, uh, which is, you know, a top three business school mm-hmm. in and, and the world um my my manager slash mentor was like huh well you know are you sure you want to do that you know it is a top three school and um and and it was like it just came out it just came out of his mouth right like he didn't even think about it and and um as a young person that it really crushes you right where you're like well, I, what, so what so i'm not good enough right to apply yeah. to even apply to the school and it took me years later to look back and say whoa that is that was messed up right that could have literally wow. that could have literally as a 20 something year old said okay you're right since you're my mentor you know better so uh, i shouldn't apply yeah you're right what do i know like i'm just a kid from Cajica, colombia there's no way <laughs> i could i could get into um into Warden. Into yeah but so uh, so it's almost like but there was something in me that I was like, Oh really? Okay. Uh, now I'm going to apply and I'm going to get a scholarship to this freaking school. Right? Like you think I can not make, like, turn it into Thanks. an advantage, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Then don't worry. Don't give me a recommendation. I don't need your recommendation. I'm going to get somebody else's recommendation. And, uh, and that was literally my response to him. I'm like, I'm not only going to get in, I'm going to get in a scholarship. And, um, and he was like, this is the part of like the uh, kind of biased, um, I don't know if I would call it racism, just not, they, they don't, they're, they they do not they see you and they don't see a pattern recognition of like, but your name's not Chad Williams. Like, how are you going to get into, you know, <laughs> how are you going to get into, in, into
2: word. word? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he literally told me, well, don't you, huh? You think very highly of yourself, don't you? Right. So they see it almost as cocky rather than wow. being confident. Uh, and, and I got in and I got a scholarship full, you know, full ride. Uh, and, and that's been like throughout my whole life, I've gotten more and more, more confident on the ability when someone tells me the same thing, when I was going to leave to start my company, within JP Morgan, people being like, well, yeah, but like, do you have you, you know, they don't know how to it's say, a it, risk. It, yeah. yeah. Or, or I'll tell you an, uh, something that's like looking back. I'm like, how crazy is it that they would say that? I would get people saying, but you're going to build a startup for Americans. Why wouldn't you build something for Latinos? Like, I, like basically, as if because my name is Andres Garcia, the only thing that I could do
2: is, that's it, that's
1: is, it. is, is for Latinos. It, and looking back, uh, even when they were saying this, I would be like, well, maybe they're right. Like in the back of my head, you know, that's how society <sighs> kind of puts that pressure on, yeah. on you. And now looking back, now that we're very successful, I'm like, how dare they like to think that just because my name is Andres, you know, that, that that's why so I share yeah. these things because a lot of people get this and they just internalize it they're like man maybe they're right maybe maybe I should I should stick to it yeah I, 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 I mean it, corner, it, 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 I
2: know? just imagine part of their thought process like oh would I buy from Andrés Garcia
1: exactly exactly is, is so they that don't know it? how to, it's like it's you know it's 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 almost like it's really weird it's almost like um they also they like you as a person that they're almost kind of like not rooting for you to be able to win in the broader market. It's so weird. You're Mm. like, okay. And I'm talking about people that supported me like internally. And they were like, why don't you create an app for Latinos? And I'm like, the heck is what? Like I went to Warden. I was number three at Morgan Stanley for us. Like, where's this Latino? So it's funny how a lot of what's happened recently with, you know, and, and call it the, Broader trends, you know, with Black Lives Matters brought a lot of these emotions where I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, holy crap. Like, you know, I used to just kind of hold it inside because I'm like, I don't want to make a big deal of this. But I'm like, that is like the definition of them putting me in a corner. (laughs) Absolutely. Wow. So anyway, yeah, I share it it now because like now I'm like, let's put it this way. This is not me being brave. This is me now having the cover that my company is going to succeed despite that my name is andres garcia maya but i share this in hopes that someone hears it and it's like wait i also heard that so maybe it's not yeah I,
2: i've heard it i, I can tell yeah. you that it's the same it's just like oh are you gonna do this like well i also come from a uh, you know top mba class in the world and it's yeah. just like, and the people right. that said, uh, why are you gonna go to italy to bocconi it was like well, you can't get in first of all It's like well why and it's like <laughs> oh watch me exactly. and that's so, like now it's on exactly so use it. it use it yeah. for
1: fuel and just know that eventually you will find people that are like you. And the, and the one thing that is, we, my brothers and I think, and especially my, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to my older brother, it's use it to your advantage, right? Mm-hmm. So now that, yep, our, our name is Garcia Maya, and we raised $15 million. And you know what? There's not that many of us that have been able to do that. And so you, you go and find the few others that maybe already re- – uh, build a $100 million revenue business that are Latino, and there's not that many of you. So use it to your advantage. Reach out to them and say, hey, you know there's not that many of us. Can I sit down with you and chat? And you know, nine out of 10 times, they're going to say, absolutely. <laughs> right? like, we need more like you uh, out there. Yes.
2: Well, and, and with that in mind, I, I want to make a, a real quick pause to, to thank our, our sponsors, and we'll be right back, Andres.
1: This hour of the Startup Radio Network is supported by Bridges to Change. They strive to have everyone leaving their organization with stable housing, social support, sustainable employment, education, access to health care, family engagement, and goals for the future. To get involved, donate, or to get help, make sure to visit www.bridgestochange.com.
2: And we're back uh, with Andres Garcia Maya, fundador de Sofen. Fen. So, I, I keep pronouncing it in Spanish. No, it's no, Zoe no. Finn. <laughs> but Andres. So I, I want to focus now on, on what you guys are doing as investors. I mean, we covered Zoe Finn uh, in, in in episode forty. It's uh, you know, it, it, like you were saying, it's just um, a, a new platform, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to match you, yeah. know, you know people with a uh, w- w- with financial advisors and. Okay. But I, I'm really interested in what what we were just talking about before the pause. And, you know how you guys are, have turned into entrepreneurs, which are, you're still an entrepreneur with your brothers and mm-hmm. to investors, mentors, because it's something that we've been talking in, in, in the past um, in the past year. We, we've yeah. been creating through the podcast uh, a small community of you know, not only founders but mentors, investors, all in, within the Latino community, because we want to solve that problem that you that you just brought up. Like, huh, how do I get inspired to think, oh, I, I want to be the next Andres Garcia. Uh, I don't want to be the next Uber. I don't want to be the next Peter Thiel, right. or yeah, I, I want to yeah. be the next Andres Garcia Maya or Alejandro. So how do we do that? How, how do we create all this small, you know, the very, uh, I don't want to say elite group, but it's a, it is a very small group. Like you said, the yeah, people sure. that raise millions and exited.
1: So... Uh... I'll start, I guess, with if you're at the very early stages, right? So in a sense, if you're you're like, I want to start a business, right? Because uh, that, that's a, there's different stages, right, of, of, of the things that you should focus on. So I would say if you're in that stage where you're like, look, I, I want to quit my job and start a, a, a business, right? Or um, I don't know, because of the pandemic, I lost my job, and this is a great opportunity for maybe mm-hmm. me to start something, right? The first thing that I would say is, You need to find uh, people that are a couple steps ahead of you. Like, do your research and reach out to them. And just, like, starting to develop that network is really important. And know that you bring very little to the table, right? So they're going to say, like, why would I spend time with you, right? Mm -hmm. So do your research. Um, You know, in essence, don't just kind of blanket send a random LinkedIn to 300 people. It's like find the people that you're like, how did this person get to this stage? reach out to them and say hey this is my name but this is what i'm trying to do and do you have 10 minutes and just start building kind of an understanding of the ecosystem where you could you know where you could reach out to people because a lot of those people end up becoming your investors right mm-hmm. and and uh and the that leads me to the next thing which is if you want to start a business uh it is really important to develop a system to uh to raise capital and it doesn't have to be 5 million Um, you know, uh, I I had the privilege of working in an industry where a lot of my mentors could write large checks, right? And I think that's where a lot of the Latino community has a huge gap to being startup founders is that, you know, if you tell someone that's white that went to Princeton and is a generation American, um, you know, you should go raise capital. They're like, cool, I'll just call my parents' friends and, you know, raise 40, 50 grand. And it's still not easy. I'm, I'm not diminishing it but it is definitely a lot easier than, but my parents don't have a lot of money and my parents' friends don't have a lot of money and my friends don't have a lot of money. So the, you need to get really scrappy. And let's say that you're in an industry and podcasting, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you want to build something in podcasting, figure out who are the people that are super passionate about the same things that you're passionate about and reach out to them because they're more likely to talk to you. And, the best way to define how success looks like is it's a it's a funnel there uh, uh, that you're trying to create. And if you're uh, white and you're fifth generation uh, American, you might only need to reach to like forty people to raise some money. If you're Latino, uh, you multiply it by like ten. Right? You yeah, might need to reach at out least. to 100 <laughs> Yeah, at least. Uh, and you might your conversion, right? I think about everything as a funnel. It means that out of 400, you might you might get one or two of them to actually say, you know what, this kid's crazy enough to reach out to me, and because he, you refine your pitch with 398 before you got to the 399, the, the 400, yeah, yeah, they might say like, you know what, all right, I'll give you I'll, I'll give you ten thousand dollars right to get to get started, and or five thousand dollars to to get started. So don't be discouraged by no's. Uh, when you're fundraising, it, it is part of the process. Talk about that failure, you know embracing failure. Uh, yep. I, got, I got maybe 45 no's before I got my first investor. Um, and uh, again, I, I, I was not discouraged at all. I know how this works, right and I, I got the privilege that my brother had gone through it as well. So by the 46, I got a yes and guess what? once you get a one or two yeses, Uh, it gets a lot easier to get the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and the seventh uh, yeses. So when it comes to starting your own company, uh, obviously understanding an industry is helpful or being very passionate about an industry, but having some access to capital is important and it doesn't have to be 5 million, but even just the process of learning how to fundraise Mm -hmm. is a skill in itself that for the rest of your life, you're going to need, right? Like, um, even you know when, when I talk to uh, to founders that are now raising three hundred million dollars, um, they is still a challenge. And when I'm like, "How do you do it?" They're like, "Well, it's uh, it kind of the same still, honestly." Than when I was raising ten thousand dollars, <laughs> it's the same process. Yeah. Um, so I'll stop there. But uh, that's on the funding on the funding side. I don't know if, if you wanted to take in a direction outside of of that because on the early stage, that's where I see the biggest gap gaps for Latinos is not that they're not as smart. it's not that they're not um, uh, you know, have great ideas or understand a space is just the access to capital. That no, more of a I,
2: absolutely. And, and, you know, it, it, funny you mentioned, you know, we, we've talked about, uh, you know, we've actually worked, you know, with our local senators here um, in initiatives about, you know, uh, inclusion, diversity and more inclusion and access to capital. Like, yeah. how do we start, you know, how do we get the first $25,000 or, or the first $15,000, you know, for that? uh yep. Startup founder, first time startup founder to get the, you know, through the MVP, through, you know, what yep. other resources besides that tiny check, well, tiny, uh, tiny for the Yeah, comillas, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. tiny for <laughs> t- tiny in the startup or but uh, you know, $15,000 to break it or make it. And, and I personally have seen it, you know, yep. startups going on for because sure. they couldn't get an MVP uh, yeah. built for 20000 You can't, you you just mentioned it. We don't have that network that, that I can talk to, you know, call my call our parents and say hey can, can i get a $20,000 check just so i can get a prototype and maybe if this works i get another check for 50 and yep. 100 and so exactly. on yeah so uh, so so that that's that's one of the main issues that we've been trying to tackle and ha- you know n- number one is the where to and how to you know yeah. how, uh, you know wh- what does that process look like like you said you know yeah it's it's constant but you got to be able to refine your pitch your story and you know obviously have you know a, a, some business case for for what you're trying to accomplish
1: yeah. And I think an, an easy or uh, easier path, if you're starting from scratch, meaning you have no mm-hmm. idea how a startup works is go if you can and work for, for um, yeah, even a small startup somewhere. Um, and knowing like, look, I'm just going to put in six months to a year here to learn how the heck this thing looks like. Right. And how, mm-hmm. how does it work? Um, because that, especially if you do it at a place like uh, a New York or a uh, San Francisco, or it, you'll, you'll just pick up the language you'll pick mm-hmm. up. And, and that's half the battle, right? When you're pitching to people that uh, let's say are angel investors in San Francisco, right? Um, uh, they, they have signals. They're looking for signals when they're, when they're talking to somebody. And if you're new, a hundred percent new to it, they could smell it. Right. They're <laughs> like, they they could just sense it. They're like, I don't hear the language that I'm looking for. Is the same thing for me in finance when I was interviewing to get into Wall Street, right? It's like I didn't have the lingo, right? And yeah, um, once you get the lingo, they're like, oh, okay, oh. well, I, I know his name's Andres Garcia, but he speaks our language, right? Like he's saying yeah. he's saying the things that I'm used to. So it's like it's almost like you know when I came to the U.S. and learning English is the same thing. Like you need to learn the startup language. Mm-hmm. and the only way to do that is to be around people and work uh, either work at a startup or being around kind of that ecosystem and yeah. almost through osmosis you just start to to pick it up right you start hearing about unit economics of a business you start hearing about the marketing distribution channel you start hearing and when you start using those terms in conversation it's like a signal like a you know invisible you know yeah noise that goes to their ear of like okay yeah maybe i should give this person 10,000, right yeah, like they...
2: no, you're right absolutely yeah yep. and, and and with part of it, it's just like a paid experience you know to to be able to absorb all that information being able yep. to like okay um you know th- this is uh, this is something valuable that I, I i get paid you know maybe not a whole lot not market value yep. but if you view it that way i mean it's it's probably you know <laughs> in in a lot of cases you know just like a grad school in itself
1: Yep, exactly.
2: So, so that so that's part of what what you guys do, you know, just you know, in looking at um, as brothers as now investors, uh, is that part of what you guys go through? You know, first I, I want to see, you know, what this person, yeah. this kid, or yeah. you know, okay, th- I mean, this when, is your profile.
1: You mean like uh, when we're investing in other startups? Is that yeah. is that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that the the reason we have gone this route is because we realize that um, one we build a fairly strong network uh, within just, in essence, our own ecosystems. Mm-hmm. And as a founder, you do get um, a, a seat on on, a, on founders kind of early stages in a way that more institutional investors don't, right? Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, I, I've talked to founders that are literally in the ideation stage, right? Like They're like, hey, I just quit my job. Here's my deck. I'm trying to figure out who my first hire is et cetera. And you have enough of those conversations and you start to see pattern recognition, right? (laughs) And, uh, and you start to say, well, here's a, here's a person that's very resilient, great Mm -hmm. communicator has this background. And I talked to him a year ago and he came back and now he hired three people. He was able to raise $50,000, you know, one, you know, a dollar at a time. Uh, that person's not going to get in front of a VC for like another two years. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, uh, but over time you start developing this, this network and this call it deal flow that, um, that we didn't know at the beginning, but we started looking to our left and to our right. And we're like, wow, it seems like the best Latino founders in the country. And even in Latin America, we know (laughs) at very early stages. So, so that's become kind of a, a way for one, accelerate that meaning sometimes, uh, we, because we are not, we don't have the prejudice of looking at a last name or a name and saying eh, I don't know, um, and we could focus on like the person. It actually gives you a little bit of a superpower to be like, well, I I could look right past that and say this kid's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and uh, the beauty of it is because we're already in uh, in in our in the my brothers in Silicon Valley and myself in New York in the fintech industry is that we actually once we invest we could go back to our own investors and say, I know you're going to not see it, but I'm telling you, right, this person is going to be somebody. So it's a win-win, right? We get to invest early and we start to become validators and almost like a bridge for the traditional kind of like white (laughs) uh, VC money to say, well, we know Andres, we know his pattern of success and he thinks this person's also Going to be successful, so maybe we'll just use his word, right? Absolutely. Um, so that's that's you know, so it's not look. This is not um, charity. I think that's the issue that a lot of times mm-hmm. uh, it gets lost. And this is not us just being like, oh, we're such good guys. We're investing in Latinos. No, we see an no, opportunity. Correct. Right? No, an and, opportunity. and that's what,
2: and we're gonna make that differentiation from day one too. It's like, th- look, this is obviously about
1: money. You know, if, yeah. if you start blowing money, it's gonna stop. Yeah, really, it's, very it's quick. Us, it's, it's us seeing talent in a way that may be on a pipeline that the traditional uh, channels will either ignore or when, mm-hmm. uh, or when they see it, just not identify the same pattern recognition that if they're, you know, if the founder's name was Chad Williams, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from that person, or, you know, Stanford grad, Chad Williams, right? Uh, <laughs> so from that perspective, we, we are able to say, well, I, I, I know that this person grew up in the Dominican Republic uh, and, uh, and came uh, here to the country with no English. And that's why maybe he has an accent. But holy smokes is this kid talented. Um, and we're going to invest not because it's a charity, because we think this person has a chance of winning.
2: <laughs> Correct. Right? And he so, can solve a problem and make money while at it. Yeah.
1: And and going back to, you know, we know that this person has superpowers in the sense of being resilient and hearing no, you know, literally every day of his life for the last 28 years. Uh, of, of this person's life that we see it as a superpower and once this is the beauty of it it's like we've seen a couple cases it's like next thing you know it's like they got into y combinator now all of a sudden they sequoia invested 10 million dollars and we're like same person right same yeah. person we talked to last year is just that they were not in that ecosystem and obviously once they get like a sequoia check or whatever then they become like a sensation right like we're mm-hmm. like oh latino gets and it's like, yeah, well, they use it to their advantage, right? Like they were always they were always going to be successful. It's just that we saw a little bit earlier and hopefully helped accelerate that process for them.
2: And that's fantastic. You know, I really want to applaud what you what you guys are doing. I mean, I think we need more, more Garcia Mayo Brothers, more people like that. They're like, hey, you know, I was able to do this. And that's honestly from day one, my my kind of my personal mission as well. I I do want to be successful too, just to be so I'm in the situation you are right now, pass yeah. it on, teach others, do this, don't do that. I made these mistakes. Don't, you know, kind, kind of just, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but like, okay, this is what I did. This is where I fail, or this is what I did. This is where I succeeded.
1: Oh, oh and there's some very simple strategic, um, advice that could help at the early stage. For instance, uh, I'll give you another one, which is valuation, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of founders, uh, like I would have no clue how to have that conversation if I didn't have my brother, uh, because he went through it. And as always with the older brother, he had to kind of figure it out on his own and probably make even more you know, mistakes because no one, you know, no one was in front of him. But when I was raising capital, uh, I had no idea. I'm like, should I value this thing? What I want a million. I mean, it's just, I'm just getting started. Right. And he's like, yeah. absolutely not. Right. And I'm like, but I don't have anything. Right. And he's like, it's you, you are, you're the company. Right, like you're more valuable than that, and so having those type of mentors uh, early could literally be the difference between you ending up as a founder owning only five percent of the company or thirty percent of the company at exit. Right? Yeah. So, so that's the type of advice that I think is very important to get from other founders rather than just from VCs or from mm-hmm. because everyone has everyone has an agenda, right? And the earlier, like I have an agenda, meaning. If, if you come to me and uh, as as a as a founder, of course I have an agenda. I want to also, yeah. You know, again, this is not a charity, but I am going to help you and say you don't, you know, you don't need to start because you come from the Midwest. I'm telling you how this works, right? You should not be what a safe of one million, right? Mm-hmm. You you will work ten years in the industry, you're disrupting, blah blah. blah. I would start at five, and they were like, well, that's crazy. It's just nope. That I'm telling you, it that's how you do it, right? And uh, so that type of advice is like. I've seen some cases where I came in too late to talk to a founder and they're like, well, I raised 200,000 at a million dollar valuation and they have this insane profile for that industry. And I'm like, why, why would we, and they're like, well, they told me that I don't have anything yet. So I should have, you know, that's the way it's done. I'm like, Oh, like, oh boy, know, I wish we talked earlier because if you just came to New York or or fin or you know or or silicon valley you could have easily started at three or four million instead of one million for value and they're like no (laughs) right so oh yeah yeah. early early mistakes that and it's no one's fault right it's like correct they go they get in front of this this investor and they're willing to give them money they're like done (laughs) like uh, i'll I'll do it so there are little little uh, call it uh, inside knowledge that early on could be the difference between between you having a, an amazing Ooh. kind of exit for a, for, a, for a startup or not, right? And it's not only Latinos, by the way, like Elon Musk with the first startup got totally, <laughs> totally uh, screwed, right? Like he, he ended up making like very little because he had no idea either. He came from South Africa and he went to Canada. So it's not only a Latino thing, but I think specifically- It happened to
2: anyone, yeah.
1: Yeah, so those are the tips that I would say is, have conversations with as many people that you can understand what their agenda is, understand where they're coming from. Uh, Cause there's very few people, you know, there's no mother Teresa, right? So you, you need to yeah. understand what the, what the agenda is, but if you cover a lot of different angles and you're smart, you could triangulate, right? All these different points and, and you'll get to kind of a very good understanding of what it takes uh, to uh, to raise capital and then start the business.
2: Oh my gosh. You know, Andres, I really want to be respectful of your time. I know you have an interview in fifteen minutes uh, with CNBC. Uh, it's been an a, amazing, you know. This is a wealth of information. Uh, again, you know, we'll love to have you uh, and your brothers at any point in in our show too. And uh, and we also, you know, would like to invite you to, you know, keep doing what you guys are doing because we I, we want to be able to bring people to you. Like, yep. look, you know, this is a great idea. This is a great founder, you know, all, obviously all within the Latino community. I think we're creating something really cool um, that started with an episode one. Now we're at episode 120. Um, but it, more than just a podcast, this has been, you know, a group, a group of founders, group of uh, like-minded people that all we want to see is, you know, uh, w- we want to create wealth. We want to create the new generation of founders. So th- th- thanks, you know, for, for giving us your time and you know just welcome any time to come back.
1: Now I really appreciate it. Um always here for for you guys. Uh they would love to come back on the show and if you haven't talked to my uh older brother to uh, uh Ricardo, you should definitely get him on on the show. He's he's been my mentor uh for for se- since I was born. <laughs> All right. So- so- so that's so, uh, that's
2: my personal mission uh, to 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 get started my brother.
1: Definitely. And we all have different perspectives in the sense of we're, we're in different industries and different experiences. so definitely uh, recommend it. But yeah, thanks again for having me on the show. And for anyone that's uh, you know that's that's listening that's uh, you know finds a lot of my story uh, that resonates, you know, shoot me ah uh, shoot me an email, uh, andres g at ZoeFan.com. Um, I'm always happy to talk to people that are founders, people that are thinking about becoming founders, any any uh, way that I could help other Latinos, uh, you know, I'm happy to do so.
2: Excellent. And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll share your email, address. Thank you so much for being on the show again. Sounds good. Have a good right, one. Thank you. You too. Take care. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Latino Founder Hour. Muchísimas gracias por seguirnos en el episodio 120. No se lo pierdan. Feliz viernes a todos. You've been listening to the Latino Founder Hour podcast.
0: El programa Latino Founder Hour es grabado en las instalaciones de Netspace en el estudio Big Podcast en la hermosa ciudad de Portland.